Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Uh, glad to be back. As usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for downloading, uh, streaming, watching on YouTube. However you take my podcast in, I appreciate it. Uh, I apologize for this extra sexy voice. I just woke up. Uh, I was yelling on weekend. My voice is a little, uh, it's a little shot. <clears throat> Man. So glad to be home. Uh, let me. I'll uh, I'll do what I do, and we'll get into it. I got. I have quite a few things to talk about, so this episode might be a tad longer than usual. Um, but as usual, man, I, I really appreciate everyone listening to my podcast. I, I really see the numbers going up, so I appreciate everyone uh, giving it a shot and sticking around. And I've been hearing that people are sharing it with their friends and uh, their loved ones. I got a couple of friends moms that listen so if you're if you're a mom uh hey how you doing mom thanks for checking out the podcast um man uh so yeah just keep telling people man tell, tell your grandmother tell your uncle tell your, uh, your your stepdad keep telling people uh things are things are starting to look up man i i uh, i got a quite a few irons in the fire uh, I'm looking to upgrade this podcast yet again soon. So uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I got to be more positive. I, I got the album recording coming up this weekend, but I'll, I'll get to that. I'll start with my milestone as I usually do. Uh, for those who don't know, I have we have an eight-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's much and nothing. But uh, him and I are fresh off of a trip back. Uh, we went back east. Actually, I'm already east. Why do I say back east? We went up north to the northeast to my hometown of Rochester, New York. Had a great time. About a, a seven and a half hour drive up and back. And uh, I got to say, man, I, I am very sick of that drive. I've done it so many times, man. I've done the turnaround trip where I went and dropped him off and got up the next morning and came right back and it is a very, very boring drive, but uh, <clears throat> I uh, I got through it, you know, I got through it, and uh, we're back home safely, but uh, we had a good time. It, it took him a day or two to get uh, acclimated to having so many people around and all the, you know, just all the hoopla when we, when we show up, and, you know, I hadn't seen my parents in almost two years. It had been over a year for him. So it, it was a lot, and he can get overwhelmed um, pretty easily and can show some pretty big emotions, as we, we call them big emotions, you know. Uh, so once we, once, once we settle in, you know, we had to have a talk. You know, he had a, he had a, a, a blow up over something very simple, and I had to take him upstairs and go, hey, man, like, you know, if this is too much, uh, you know, right when when I get done with the shows, we we'll, we won't stay an extra day. We'll just go ahead and go home and and get back to Virginia. But he was like, "No, I'll be fine." And I, I understand it can be a lot. And I just I just ask him to um ask him to uh to use his words to express how he how he feels, uh, things that he likes and especially things he doesn't like or he doesn't want to partake in. Just say, "Hey, I'm not really in the mood." There's no there's we don't need to have a big emotional blow up and yelling. And uh, he agreed. You know, we talked about it, and the rest of the trip trip went very, very well. But I, I totally understand uh, it could be a lot, and sometimes our emotions get the best of us. And he's he's eight. It's it's, it's a lot. We've been down here for a year, not around a lot of people, 
And uh, yeah, we, we go there and there's all these kids. There's a ton of family. It's loud. There's a lot of kids crying because my mom has a has a daycare. So it, it can be overwhelming. I, I totally understand. And I, I don't want to invalidate how he feels. And uh, I want him to be comfortable and have a good time. And and we, we got through it. But we, we had a fantastic time, man. We we had uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, my dad is doing a lot better. You know, Miles had a great time. My grandmother, she's getting up there. And, and it's uh, it's sad to see that, um, you know, that uh, when people get up there in age, that, that their mind starts to uh, it, it starts to uh, deteriorate. And it's uh, it, it's sad to see. But, uh, you know, for the most part, she's still very, very lucid and, and she's fun to talk to. And, you know, uh, I love her to death. It's just um, it's just tough to see someone that you love, someone that took care of you uh, kind of slowly. Uh, just, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into it, but you, you guys know you we, we've all seen it at, at some point, And it's just it's very unfortunate. You know, uh, they can some of the elderly can be very uh difficult to deal with. And I, I, yeah, I got to say this. I have to give my mom and my aunts, you know, a tip of the hat because they bathe her every day. They're very patient with her. You know, uh, it's so cute, though, because like I'll be downstairs doing something and then she'll text my mom like, can you have Chris come upstairs and I'll go up there. You know, I was masked up and everything. I kept my distance. You know, uh, um, I think she already had one of her shots. She actually might be fully vaccinated. But um, she wanted me to open her eye drops. It's, it's little things like that, that, you know, she she uh, she still wants to feel like she's involved and and uh, she wants to feel like uh, she's she's helping out. And she's uh, it's hard to explain. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. She'll she'll ask me to do a lot of very small, innocuous tasks for her. And, and I don't mind. I do it with a smile, man. That's my grandmother. I have no idea how how much longer she's going to be here. She's in her mid nineties and uh, I'll, I'll gladly do it. You know, I, I love her to death. And, uh, but it was overall a great visit, but uh, so I, I need to back up and, and talk about the Columbus weekend. Um, so a couple of weekends ago, I drove up to uh, Columbus, Ohio to do the Columbus funny bone. And this is my first time ever being there uh, as a comic. I have visited there. I was I did live in uh, Ohio years ago. I remember going there before they renovated the club, and now it's like this. It's I feel like it's their flagship club. It's 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 huge. Uh, it is a beautiful club. The staff was great. I had such a fun time, and I, I had my buddy, our buddy Umar Khan, was emceeing. He he's always wanted to go with us, and um, it, it worked out. So Umar came. Uh, we stayed in the condo together. Why do I feel like I've done this already? Maybe I did it on a different podcast. But if if I did, I apologize. Uh, all this stuff is starting to run together. I guess I could have looked at the the uh, the notes from the last episode I did, but I'm pretty sure I didn't do it. But uh, yeah, we stayed in the condo together. Very old school uh, studio apartment. Nice. Uh, he slept on the couch. I slept on the bed. It was just kind of fun, man. It was kind of a throwback to like just being younger, hanging out with your friends, doing comedy, being, you know, being on the road. And uh, Umar is such a great hangman. Norman came back to the to the uh, condo every night. We stayed up till four or five in the morning, just talking comedy, talking shit about stuff. Uh, it was a it was a great weekend. It, it, it was one of those weekends that you go, this is why I got into comedy. 
uh, I made sure every time I got on that stage that um, I uh, I paused to tell myself, like, you should be very thankful that you're doing this. You know, I, I really took time out to just soak it in. It was so much fun. All the shows were great. Um, I told my wife before I left, I was like, I want to sell out the merch. And after the first show on Thursday, I sold almost half of my shirts. And I was like, man, I, I can't believe this. But turns out Columbus is one of the best merch markets there are. And I sold out shirts with two shows left. I tried to get my guy to send me some more, but it just, the turnaround time wouldn't have worked. But I had to tell myself, don't be greedy, man. You brought, you know, X amount of shirts. Your original goal was to just sell out of the shirts. You did. And I got to be thankful for that. You know, I don't need to be this money hungry guy. I do want to make money, but I, I, I set a goal and uh, I met it. So that was that was great. Uh, I got to give Norman's fans a shout out because I definitely couldn't have done that without him being in front of uh, all those people, all those sold out shows. We even uh, he even added one on on, on Saturday. So we did three. Uh, so it was it was a fantastic weekend. So if I met you in Columbus, Thank you so much for all your support. I had such a great time. You guys were so nice. Uh, I'm trying to do anything. Oh, man. We were, uh, we always talk shit about, um, we always talk shit about, uh, you know, um, Cheesecake Factory. I think I already told this, but we tried to go, but did, I, there's no way I could eat an 1800 calorie salad for, for lunch. So we ran out of there and went to a PF Chang's, which was okay. It was all right. Wasn't the best, but eh. But yeah, nothing, nothing exciting, man. <laughs> nothing crazy. Uh, you know, with the COVID going on, there was still a lot of stuff sh shutting down pretty early. So we really didn't go to any bars or hang out in any other parts of town just because, you know, COVID is still lingering, lingering in the air. And it's, it's not fun when you can't go out and not have to worry about it just a little bit. Um, so, but it was, dude, it was, it was a great weekend. Um, shout out to the club, shout out to the staff there. Everybody was absolutely fantastic, man. I had so much fun. Uh, the manager there was, was absolutely great, man. We had so much, so much fun. That's all I can say is just so much fun. The people were awesome. The, the crowds were great. And, uh, it was, it was absolutely a blast, man, especially having Umar, man. It's uh it's really fun when you, when you just know everybody on the show and don't get me wrong, whenever we go into town with, uh, you know, we get a, a local host or someone who's just from maybe another city, but, you know, he's known within that comedy community. That, for the most part, all those guys are really cool. I've been that guy, you know. There is there is that stereotype that all the hosts, they all stink and they, they suck and all that kind of stuff. But uh, not with the funny bone for the most part, man. They they, they usually have really solid hosts. Uh, the, the managers really work hard at putting good people on 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 stages there but uh when you just really when you just know everyone on the show uh it, it's just so much fun man and it's just man it was it was one of those weekends that's all i can say it was just one of those weekends where you go this is why i want to do comedy and that's why it's fun working with norman man it's the best man it is the absolute best but uh yeah so uh, i was there that thursday through saturday uh yeah saturday come home sunday and had to prepare for this long drive that i i just did driving up to rochester I, I always get a lot of anxiety man so i get back home and i am itching like crazy 
my skin is like on fire. And I was like, did I get bud bed bugs or what happened? But you know, it turns out it was just stress. Just having a, a reaction to all the stress. I, I get really, really stressed out about these long drives, man. I, I really do. I need to relax, calm down. And uh, going home is, is extremely stressful for me when I'm going to perform. And um, I was just worried, man. I, I get in my own head, man. I really do. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, fuck this. I don't, I don't care how deep this, this is why I do this. You know, like my hometown is, is the, it is the source of all my insecurities in life. You know, just not feeling athletic enough, not feeling black enough, not feeling, you know, it, it's just, that's where all my insecurities and all that stuff was, was birthed, you know, from that town. And no matter what I do, whenever I go home, I'm, I'm just like, I just want my town to love me, man. I'm not this fucking nerd that everyone thinks I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing some cool stuff. I want people to love me. I want them to think I'm, I'm cool. And I know it's stupid, man. But when you go home, it's just, you just regress back into your, your childhood years. And I got to tell myself to stop. You know, I, 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 in my mind, for some reason, I'm like, no one's going to like me at the show. They're going to think it's corny. They're going to think it's whack. And it couldn't have been more opposite from the truth, man. I have to stop doing this shit to myself, man. I, uh, I, I, I have to stop with these negative thoughts. I have to. So we get in town. We had a nice, safe drive. Uh, I, we, we arrived Thursday. It's great seeing the family, seeing everybody. My, it, it was cool, man. Last time I saw my niece, I was she would couldn't talk, and you know she was so tiny. She's two now. She's running around. She's talking. It's just, it's just insane how much she's grown in the last two years. But uh, it was just great walking back into the club, seeing Vinny Paulino, Mark Polito. They, you know, they've, uh, they got the everything back up and running. The club looks great. Everyone was excited. I did their podcast that Friday morning. Um, I did some local news on Zoom before we drove out on Thursday, but, you know, I did the pod at, at the club with them. Everyone, in, it seems like everybody in New York is vaccinated, man. It, it's, it's crazy seeing the differences in the states and how they handled everything, but everyone seems to be vaccinated. Um, like I said, the pod was great. Seeing my man Ty Youngman was, was, was great. Uh, so Friday night, first show, hot show. Vinny Paulino opens him up. He was nervous. He hadn't been on stage in a year. He does a great job. Todd Youngman goes up, boom, and he really cracks him up. And, man, they are they are hot. You know, I'm kind of nervous. Like, I don't even know if I can follow Todd because he got some real big pops, real big pops, man. And I go up, and I tell myself, just have fun. Um, I know I'm really supposed to be working the hour and keeping it super tight, but I'm like, this is the first weekend back. At the, this is the first weekend the club has been open in, in, in a year. I'm the first headliner back. It's my hometown. I felt so much pressure. And I just told myself, just have fun and whatever happens, happens. And uh, I had a great set, man. It was so much fun. I sold a, a ton of shirts that night. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was the complete opposite of what I was expecting. I don't know why I do this shit to myself, but I, I have to stop having so low self-esteem about myself. I, I really do. Um it was it was great, man. Uh, it was it was great. I, I can't thank everybody enough, man. Uh, Saturday, great shows. I had a lot of friends come out. Shout out to Satora, um, 
uh, Lisa Galetta, my man Jermaine, Kyler, Israel, Tim, uh, Pat, Johnny Valeri, Mr. Knapp, uh, Cook came out. A bunch of people from the school came out. It was it was a great weekend. I appreciate all the comics that came out. Miguel, Chris, uh, Todd, uh, Gerslin, uh, Sarah Shipley. I know I'm forgetting Sherelle Kinder. Uh, thank you so much for all the comics that came out. Cindy came out. Uh, Bob came out. It was just great. I, I could name people all day. I know you don't know these people's names, but uh, it's just for all these comics to come out, for my family to come out and support me. Uh, it, it, it felt so good, man. And, uh, the second show Friday, I don't get to work. I don't get to do a lot of rooms where it's just like a lot of like black or brown people. And I had three tables of these, this crazy group of Puerto Rican people came out, man. They had so much fun. It was somebody's birthday. They were super drunk, yelling shit out. We were going back and forth and, uh, the whole room enjoyed it, man. This was everyone's first time back at a comedy club in a year. And I understood that everyone was going to be either super hyped or a little apprehensive, but it was a great weekend, man. People had a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of weird things were said, you know, uh, and <laughs> just wild shit was said. And everybody understands, hey, this is just comedy. We're having a great time. And I just I really appreciate all the support that my city showed me, man. And it just showed me that a lot of the worries that I have in my mind, they're not true. You don't have to believe this, this, this shit your brain tells you. And let me, I, I thought about this. Driving home. People jump on comics for saying like fucked up shit and weird shit. But let me tell you something. I know this is true for me. Comics may say some fucked up things on, on stage, but just know this. Our brain says worse and way more meaner, meaner things to us than we could ever say to a crowd. I mean, just the... I I, don't even, I don't even want to tell you the, the image that popped in my head driving home. And I had to stop. my. I go, why the fuck would my brain even put this in my head? Like, that's how fucked up my brain is sometimes, man. I'm like, why, why would I do this to myself? Like, what, if you think comics are mean to other people, just just know our brain is 10 times worse to ourselves. I'll tell you that right now. It, 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 my brain hit another level. I, I had to tell my brain, hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> you're not going to talk to me like that. You're not. You're not going to scare me. You're not going to have me with all this anxiety about some shit. That's not going to happen. It's not. It, it, no. I had to tell myself, no. That's what I would tell my son. That's what I have to tell myself. No. I, I, I'm not going to do it. You know, I had a great weekend. And I, I do this thing where I I I feel like this is a great weekend. Now the other shoe has to drop. Something bad has to happen. Something it has to even out. I'm gonna lose all the money that I made, you know, through a car repair or something's gonna happen. Like it's it's not going to work out for me. I, I have to stop doing it. And if you have that train of thought, you have to tell yourself to stop. You, you really do. You do. It's not healthy, and. You're just gonna put yourself in an early grave with all this un all this unwarranted stress and these scenarios that aren't going to come to pass. So, I'm working on it. Again, thanks to everyone who uh, came out who supported me, and uh, it was a fantastic weekend, man. I really couldn't have asked for a better weekend. So, shout out to everybody at the club, uh, Todd Youngman, uh, Vinny Paulino. Thanks, Mark Ippolito, for having me. Suresh, thank you so much for 
for having me as well. And thank you, Rochester, for showing me so much love, man. For me to come home and you guys uh, treat me the way you did, I, I really appreciate it. Um, so great weekend, a, a great couple of weekends. It's, it's actually been a great month for me. Merch-wise, I, I, I made the most money I've ever made in a weekend, and, and it felt good. I'm very, I, I have to say, and it's hard to say, but I'm proud of myself. And I, I I can say that without feel like without feeling like I'm bragging or anything like that. So if you reached out to me, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing the album this weekend. Um, I'm excited. I'm leaving out Thursday. I'll be there till Monday morning. I, I'm I'm ready. Uh, I'm record. People have asked a lot of questions. I, I'm not sure if I addressed everything about how what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with, but this is what's happening. I'm on Midland for Erica Rhodes all weekend. They're, they're recording every single set. The main recording is on Sunday, April 11th, 7 o'clock. If you happen to hear this, please come on out. Um, they're recording all the sets. While I'm middle, I'm going to do half my act on the early show, the other half on the late shows on Friday and Saturday. And Sunday, will, like I said, will be the main recording. I'll do it all right there. And we'll take all those bits from the weekend, and we'll plug in all the best reactions uh, and that's how we'll make the album. I'll put it in the order that I want, and it'll be out with Helium Records. As I said, they're taking care of everything. It's gonna They're going to submit it to Satellite Radio for me and all that kind of stuff, so I'm pretty excited. I don't have a release date yet, but I'm, I'm assuming sometimes, er, sometime early this summer, uh, if not late spring, but we'll see. It depends, on, I guess, on how long it takes me to get through everything or how many other projects they have in the, uh, in the, uh, in the works. So I'm, I'm super excited. After this weekend, I have I, my my confidence is up. I'm I'm ready to get this thing uh, done. I'm ready to get it in the can and, and move on to some some new material. It's it's been a long time coming, and uh, it's time. So that's that's it. And uh, I guess there's a couple more things I would like to talk about. So uh, I, there was an article that came out of about a week ago or so that said uh, uh, um, hustle culture is killing comedians. And it, and it kind of caused a stir with the, in the, within the community. Um, and I, I, I'll say this about it and I'll be done with it. I learned a lesson. Whenever someone writes an article like that, I'm just, I'm not going to address it, especially on social media, man. It's, it's just, you can't even have an opinion on an opinion piece without people getting upset. But I guess some people could say I got upset about it, but all I, all I would say is this. Just say, and I understand the whole thing where you, you kind of have to have like a clickbaity title to get people to uh, click on your article. Because, I mean, you can watch, I mean, like, the shit you can watch on the internet to get somebody to sit and read an article about comedy, you, you really got to have a, a title that sticks out. I, I totally understand. When you can watch a, a, a 98-person orgy at the click of a button, you know, or whatever you, basically, whatever wild, crazy shit you, you, you want to see, you can see it on the internet. Why would somebody take time to read a, a comedy article about people doing six spots a night? So you got to you got to intrigue people to get them in. And I'll say this: if you don't want to do six to seven shows a night, if you that's that's all on you. I would just say, just say the hustle thing is, isn't for you. You don't want to do six to seven shows a week. I mean, a, a night or you know, three mics a night. That's fine. I get it. There's a point where they're like there's diminishing returns. But just to say, like, they're not helpful, they don't do anything, they're not good. That's on you. If you go out and you do three to six sets a night and you're not and you're not getting anything out of it, that's on you. That's because you're not trying new stuff. 
That's because you're not utilizing the stage time properly. And, and I get it. There should be a balance. But if someone wants to do comedy all the time and that's all they want to surround themselves with, that's completely fine for them. But to just say, like, oh, you know, if comedy is your personality, then you need to do this, this that, and the third. Hey, if you want to sit around with cucumber slices on your eyes and go to and go to spas, you go right ahead. I'm just very wary of people who are in the same business as me that tell me, like, oh, you don't really have to do all that stuff. You should take some breaks and take care of yourself. It's like, uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, I just I just think it's weird. I just think it's weird. Everyone everyone has their tipping point, their breaking point. So just just find it for you. But if if doing three to six shows a night work for you, you're happy. Do it. Just say it it doesn't work for you. That's all. And honestly, man, it's just that you and you really can't be mad at those people who go to shows every weekend, every night. They go to mics all the time. They're all constantly working. And thinking about comedy, you can't get mad when those people surpass you because while you're off doing other things, which is cool, if they're getting stage time, if they're getting fun of bookers, if they're writing stuff, if they're doing sketches, if they're editing video, if they're making content, hey, you can't be mad because they're working. You're taking a break. That's that's what the greats do. Greats don't take time off. They don't, or they take very little time off. If you want to be great, man, you can you can you can rest when you get there. But taking all this time off, I mean, we've already I feel like we've we've had a year off. We've had a year off. But again, to each their own, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying don't I just don't want this thing to become where all of a sudden, because that's what happens in the, in this in this industry, man. This this uh in, in our culture, I can't say industry, it sounds douchey. That's what happens with, with comics. It's like Someone writes this article and all of a sudden they'll want to demonize like people who wants to do that, who want to do mics every single night. They'll come up for with some term about how, you know, doing multiple shows a night is, is toxic and it's a sign of this type of personality and blah, 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 blah. It's just that people like to work. They like to work. So just do what's comfortable for you. But I'm learning, you know, like, you know what? I'm not commenting on that anymore. It, it, it's, it's not worth it. Do what works for you. If you want to take time off, that's completely fine. Do whatever's going to make you a better comic, but just don't complain when people surpass you because you decided to take time off. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I'll close on this. I'll end on this uh, quick little story, man. Rochester is, I love my city, man. I'm, I really do, but it's such a classist town, man. It's it's, it has such a disparity in, in, in wealth and, and what's so crazy. It's so close together. My parents live in the city. Uh, it's not the worst neighborhood, but I can understand how some people might not feel safe in our, in our neighborhood, man. Uh, I do. It's my neighborhood. But if you're not used to it, I can understand how, like, you might feel a little uncomfortable. Um, but for the most part, I feel like my, my neighborhood is, is fairly safe. But if you again, if you're not from it, I can I see it. I can understand. I mean, I've been to some rural areas where I'm like, man, this seems a little weird, you know, like this ain't really my element, you know. I I I totally get it. I totally understand. But people there, man, they have a warped sense of like uh superiority there. 
Like they just feel like if they're even employed that they're better than you. Like that's just like you, you should fucking work. But you but you do have these classes that really bump up against each other. And it, it like when my parents live, man, and like literally five minutes up the road, it's like this very quiet, serene um suburb, and you know, people are out running. And then, like I said, five minutes across that bridge, it's the it's it's almost the complete opposite, man. You got you have a lot more lower income people, you have people really struggling to make it, and it some of the areas are are a little rough. And we go to a Wegmans where a Wegmans is a grocery store where due to its location, you get a big mix of people. You get those very suburban people who have no, they come in no contact with any black people at all or people of, of lower income brackets at all. And you, it's, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a weird Potter town. It's a weird Potter town. If you're not from there. And this is what happened to me. So I had a great weekend. So I was like, you know, I want to do something nice for my, for my family, man. I'm going to go out and get some nice steaks. And I and, and we go there, and, and I, I see some nice uh, ribeyes at $21.99 a pound. Had a great weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy my family some steaks. So this young black kid is helping me. I go, hey, let me get four of those. And he's putting them on the scale. And one of his white co-workers come over, this big white dude. He goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing, man? He goes, I'm filling this guy's order. And they whisper back and forth for a second. I'm with my sister and my brother-in-law, Eddie. And uh, he looked at me. He goes, you realize this is $80? And I'm like, yeah, I know how much it costs. My sister is pregnant, very hormonal. She was like, I have to walk away. I have to walk away. Like, what is this guy's problem? Now, when he was whispering with the kid, I, I figured, you know, maybe this kid's new. I worked deli before, and, and like I understand that sometimes when you're new, you might not be aware, like, hey, this is the difference between a ribeye and a, and a New York strip. Because sometimes you get called to departments where you don't really, you don't work there. You might not know what's going on. Sometimes you can put the wrong code in and you can either overcharge or undercharge somebody. And I saw there were some other stakes where they were like $12.99 a pound, but if you bought four more, it was $11.99 a pound. So I figured, like, oh, this guy either put the wrong code in or there was a deal that he didn't give me and I was being overcharged or something like that. That wasn't the case at all. He just saw me. And like I said, because of where that Wegmans is, you get a wide swath of people. You have people who are very well to do. And then you have people who are struggling. And this, this Wegmans, they have security there. They have a cop there. I get it, man. People there, they steal shit. But here's the thing, man. I'm not some nigga that can't afford $80 worth of meat. Okay. And I, I was, to be honest, I was more insulted that this motherfucker thought I couldn't do simple math. Like I wasn't even at the race part yet. That's just, I get it, man. There's a lot of white people in there who really just don't think that niggas take care of their family, that we don't have money, that we don't work, that we're shifty. And that I have never been so insulted in my life. By something like that, man. This motherfucker thought I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was probably going to either walk out with these steaks or I just, I couldn't afford them. And when he said that, I was like, matter of fact, give me two more of these. I was surprised I was able to hold my composure. So I, I went to the manager. Yep, I, I carried it. I go, excuse me. I was like, I look, 
I was just insulted by somebody that worked in the meat department. I was like, I don't like to throw the word racist around, but I I know all the racist shit that goes on in this city. I understand where this Wegmans is. I understand that shit happens here, but I ain't some fucking nigga that can't afford steaks. And $80 worth of steaks isn't some ridiculous. It's not like I asked for $800 worth of meat. There was it was three of us. I got initially got four steaks. How was that crazy? How was that crazy at all, man? And they were appalled. They go, I'm so sorry. My sister went back there and talked to the, the black kid and was like, Yo, what's that kid's what's the guy's name? He was very hesitant to say. She was like, We already told the manager, so there's no reason for you not to tell us. And even he started apologizing. He was like, I don't know why that guy said that. I don't know why. He would even think to open his mouth and say some dumb shit like that. But that's what a lot of these people in Rochester, man, they think they, they think black people don't have any fucking money at all. I have not been that insulted, man. It's just I'm more I'm more mad at the fucking math part of it. And then to think that I can't afford it. I told him, man, I'm a retired veteran. How are you going? You're going to you're going to embarrass me in front of my family like I can afford these states. crazy man and i understand man people don't do you you don't want to be wasting food and shit because some people will go up there and order a bunch of stuff and then realize they can't afford it and leave it on the shelf but hey that's the fucking breaks man don't don't insult me you work at wegmans motherfucker i don't and i'm not saying wegmans isn't a, a isn't a respectable job because you know i love culinary everything i love grocery stores i love butchering I love all that shit, man. I, I would never look down on somebody that has a, a, a respectable job. I wouldn't. I would never do that. But I'm the fucking customer, man. You get me what the fuck I asked for. But people like make a lot of assumptions about black people in Rochester, especially at that at that location because it's so close to the city, and so many of those white people are so afraid to even go over there. It really pissed me off, man. It really did. I had such a great weekend. Here I am, back in my hometown, man. Four great shows made me a nice chunk of change, man. And just to get profiled or for this guy to make this assumption about me, like I can't, I can't afford these stakes. And I'm pretty sure some people are rolling their eyes, like he just wanted to make sure. If you are a white dude, ain't no fucking way. Ain't no fucking way, man. He would have warned me that the stakes I was getting was $80. Do you know these are 80 bucks? Yeah, I do know. I can do math. Crazy. But overall, I had a great weekend, man. But a great weekend. But it was just it was just a sad moment, man. <laughs> just to have to go through that in my hometown. Uh, but man, overall, like I said, overall, great weekend. Uh, if you listen to this, I'm currently in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's it's Friday, and um, I did my first show last you know last night there with Erica Rhodes, and I'm pretty sure it went well. So next time I you guys see me, I'll be post recording, and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. But there's a show, that's a show. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Allen Comedy A L A N on uh, all social media platforms. Twitter, all that kind of shit. And uh, I, I'm working on, I got to get my Facebook page up. I think I'm slowly going to shut down my personal page and just uh, do uh, a 
comics page. But uh, that's all I got this week, everybody. Thank you so much again, Rochester, for your support. Columbus, for your support. And uh, two shows tonight in Raleigh with Erica Rhodes. I'm excited. I'm doing the album. They're coming this Friday. Actually, they'll be here tonight to do a three-camera shoot so I can have some promo video. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I know the album is going to be dope, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I'm out. Peace.